Amen. I hope, pray that encouraged you today. I um, was told that Virginia Warner, where's Virginia? Is she in here today? Where's Virginia? There, where's she at? Somewhere over there. She's over here somewhere. Virginia, we're glad that you're here today. We, um, this past week, um, Monty, um, he also had a heart attack in his home and passed away, and we had a funeral this past week. And so I'm glad to see that Virginia's back here, and many are praying for you, Virginia, during this time. I want to uh, uh, encourage you in your bulletin, you've probably dropped this. I think I've dropped this three times now um, today. But uh, these are just to invite in just a couple weeks, we're going to have the tent outside on the soccer field. And uh, it'll be a huge tent. And we want everyone to be here. Just one service on um, uh, this morning that uh, we'll have this on the 8th. So just two weeks away. We'll meet at 10 o'clock underneath the tent. And uh, then we'll have our service, they'll have lunch be provided, and everything kind of the way we did it last year. We had an ice cream truck come, lunch provided, and then 12.30, gathered back underneath the tent there, and um, the Ball Brothers had a concert for us, and uh, just a great time. A lot of uh, people, the tent was filled last year, and how many of you remember the weather was awful? I've never seen it. September, first week or so of September, and people are in blankets and snowsuits and um, uh, cuddling up. And it was nice because, you know, husbands and wives that hadn't hugged for years were cuddling next to each other at church. And so I think God just did that on purpose so that we got close. Um, But uh, it was just a a fluke weather that uh, I pray won't be that way this year. So you come out. If by chance it rains, we will move everything inside. So don't uh, don't leave. Um, come inside, and we'll just uh, pack it out in here. All right, good. Invite that. Use that card though. Invite somebody. It'll be a great day here at uh, Monclova Road. All right, Acts chapter number seven this morning. Acts chapter number seven. And we uh, we're going to we saw for the first several chapters the a healthy church in first six or so chapters of the book of Acts we studied each week a healthy church we saw God do marvelous things the church was growing and multiplying and and uh, something was happening there in Jerusalem and the spirit of God moved upon the church and and we saw the church grow we saw people helped and and uh, now though in chapter number seven and for the next several chapters that we study through Acts, we're going to see the church is under attack. The church is going to be under attack. For five or so chapters, we're going to see persecution that comes to the believer, to the church. Stephen is one of the deacons that in the previous chapter uh, was, was called upon and laid hands upon to, to serve in the church. Stephen thought he was simply going to care for the widows that had great needs. But what we found that Stephen had was full of faith and full of power. And God used Stephen in a great way. Stephen not realizing that by him uh, uh, stepping up and, and living this life, this, this victorious Christian life of faith, that it was going to cost Stephen something. And the religious leaders of the day thought this, that they could silence the, the, the believer. But isn't it amazing some 2,000 years later and the, Christian, the Christians are still preaching and teaching the gospel of Jesus Christ? 
they couldn't silence uh, uh, the Christians here in Jerusalem. And the Bible still says, and we saw last week, that the, 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 the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church because upon Jesus Christ, this church is built. And, and, and he, uh, hell has no power over the church. And Satan has no power over God. God is powerful. He is mighty. And he is still on his throne, even when it seems hopeless. Stephen stood here and he told of, of uh, uh, his testimony of Christ. And I want you to find this. And in, in, in this chapter, I told my wife a couple times this week, this is probably one of the hardest chapters in the Bible to teach because there's not a good stopping point. And if I said to you, let's all read 60 verses, um, you would uh, faint. And, and that's about all we'd get done but the entire chapter is the entire story. Many times a chapter, you could take five or six verses and, and study those through, but there's not a good stopping point here in Acts chapter seven because Stephen gets up and what Stephen does is he testifies, he, he gives this speech, he, he gives a, a, a lengthy speech of, of uh, uh, hi, uh, the history of Israel here. And so what I wanna do is um, this morning, I just wanna read throughout this chapter so, several verses and then we'll go back throughout this chapter and study, study different places throughout this chapter. And, and this is one, again, it's not going to be just one sermon that we can take out of this chapter. It may be uh, a couple that we, continue over the next couple weeks to look at. But I want you to follow along with me. If you would, please, let's look in the beginning of chapter number seven. In verse number one, the Bible says this, then said the high priest, are these things so? And he said, My men, brethren, fathers, hearken. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, uh, before he dwelt in Sharon and said unto him, get thee out of thy country, out of, from thy kindred, and, and come into the land which I will show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Sharon, and from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into the land wherein ye now dwell. And he gave him none inheritance in, in it. No, not so much as to set his foot on, yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession and to a seed after him when he was yet, uh, yet had no child. And God spake on this wise, that this seed sh should sojourn in a strange land and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat them evil 400 years. And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said God. And after that shall they come forth and serve me in this space. And let's just take a moment here and let's look at what we've read here. Stephen gets up. The council, the, the, the priests, the religious leaders of that day, they take, they take Stephen and, and they're upset with Stephen because Stephen here is, is uh, uh, preaching and teaching Jesus Christ. And they're accusing, they're saying, you're the ones that crucified the Messiah. You're the ones that hadn't accepted the Messiah. And so obviously they're angered by what was said and they bring some false witnesses in and, and accuse Stephen and accuse the, the Christian brethren of teaching teaching something that's uh, anti the Bible and anti the law. And, and so Stephen gets up and what we just read in those first seven verses, Stephen gets up and what Stephen does is he begins to tell a history, the history of the Jewish people. He begins to tell the history of the Jewish people. He says this, that Abraham was called out of his homeland. 
he, he comes out of his homeland and, and, and God says, get you out of this country and, and get into a different country. And, and he says, that's where we're at today, which would be Israel. And what we know of Israel today was the land that uh, Abraham came into. And, 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 and uh, God said to Abraham, I'm gonna give you this land. There was only one problem though. At that time, Israel didn't have a son or, or Abraham didn't have a son. And so Abraham, knowing and believing that God is true, has to question, how is this going to happen? I don't have children. Uh, they were not able, he and Sarah were not able to have children. And, and God said to Abraham, everything that you see, every place that your foot touches, as far as north and south and east and west, all of this is going to be yours. And Stephen says that even though the land wasn't given to Abraham at that time, what God said was that we're going to um, uh, give this to your generations to come. But first, what's going to happen is that your children are going to go into bondage and then God is going to deliver them from bondage. And we know this, that that bondage was when they went into uh, um, Egypt and throughout this chapter. We find the story of the children of Israel going down into Egypt and being in bondage for 400 years, just like God said. We find this, go with me to verse number nine, if you would, please. Joseph is sold by his brethren. Joseph is from the descendants of Abraham. The patriarchs moved with envy in verse number nine and sold Joseph into Egypt. I want you to see something here, but God was with him and delivered him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all of his house. Look with me in verse number 20. Just skip down several verses here. Go to verse number 20. The Moses, a man named Moses comes on the scene. So we have Abraham. Abraham, God says, Abraham, I want to call you and make you a great and mighty nation. This is the beginning of the Jewish people. This is Abraham having, then he has children and grandchildren. And God uh, moves Joseph into Egypt. And, and now they're in bondage for some 400 years. And God promised that that would happen, but he also promised he would deliver them. And so Moses comes on the scene in verse number 20, in which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair nourished up in his father's house three months. The Pharaoh at the time was gonna kill every Hebrew baby. His parents, Moses' parents hid him and for three months. And then obviously for three months, after three months, they weren't able to hold him, uh, uh, hide him any longer. And they put him out into the, to, to the river and Pharaoh's daughter comes in verse number 21. And when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him and, and nourished him for her own son. Look with me in verse number 37, if you would, please. Moses is raised up, this prophet Moses. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you. Of your brethren like unto me, him shall ye hear. Verse number 38, this is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which was spake unto him in Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. Now what we find again in this chapter is we find the history. We find the history of the Jewish people. We find God calling Abraham. We find the Jewish people going into captivity, into bondage, into Israel. 
We see God raising up Moses and delivering them from captivity. And, and if you were to read this entire chapter, you'd find the history of the Jewish people from, from the time of Abraham to the time where they are currently at that time as Stephen is preaching the gospel. He's teaching of the Messiah. In Genesis 12, 2, the Bible says this, and I will make of thee a great nation. This was a promise in the Old Testament that God gave to Abraham, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. The, the promise that was given to Abraham is that God was gonna bless him. Abraham didn't see all of what God was going to do in his generation. He had to just simply trust and believe the word of God. The Bible says in Genesis 12, 3, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And, and I want to just take a moment here and just simply say this, that that verse is still true today. I believe this, that, that uh, one of the reasons that God has blessed this nation is because this nation has blessed Israel. But I want to simply say this as well. If this nation ever ceases to bless the nation of Israel, I believe that God's judgment and God's curse will be upon us. There's nations of this world that, that have, have cursed Israel. And, and Iran is one of those nations today. They call for the demise of Israel. They call for, for Israel's attack and, and they want to totally annihilate Israel. Matter of fact, they say they want to wipe Israel off the map. But I want to say this to Iran today, that that is never going to be possible because God's hand, God's blessing is upon that nation. It will be Iran that God curses, not Israel. Over the history, over the generations, you would find, even in the Bible, you'd find a man by the name of Haman. And Haman, he tried to kill all the Jews, and, and he thought he had a plan. He thought he had a, a way to, to, to eliminate all the Jews. He was going to uh, uh, put this plan in action. And I want to simply say to you this today, that Haman is dead, but Israel is still alive today. Hitler was another one of those men throughout history that thought that he would uh, uh, eliminate the Jewish people, and he killed millions upon millions of Jewish people, but Hitler is dead today, but the nation of Israel still lives. The Bible is still true. The, uh, Genesis 12, 3 says that those that bless Israel will be blessed, but those that curse Israel will be cursed. And that is a promise that God set back to Abraham, and it's a promise that God keeps today. We need to know that God still has his hand upon this nation, Israel. Israel has rejected the Messiah. Israel is still God's people. In Genesis 17, 16, the Bible says this, and I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. This is God blessing Sarah, the wife of Abraham. Sarah had no children. Sarah, uh, her, her, she was uh, barren. She was not able to have a child, but God miraculously gave her a child because God's blessing was upon her. And he says, through that child, you are going to be the, the mother of kings. And all, if you were to study history, you would find that God's word is so true. Kings have come out of her. And matter of fact, the king of kings is, going to come, is, is from the seed of Abraham, and that is Jesus Christ. 
Genesis 22, 17 says that in blessing, I will bless thee. Genesis 26, 3 says sojourn in this land and I will bless and I will be with thee and I will bless thee. See what we find in chapter number seven is we find the history of the Jewish people and we, we find also God's plan for the human race. Now, someone might say, boy, history, it confuses me. I, when, I, when I study the Bible, I just, I kind of get lost in reading. I, I'm not understanding what I'm reading. And, and Acts chapter seven helps make sense out of the entire Bible. It started with uh, God creating in Genesis chapter one, God created man. He created man to, to bring glory and honor. He created man to worship like we've done this morning. That's why God created man. But man sinned. And because man sinned, man could not be in the presence of God and, and couldn't spend eternity with God. There was a separation that took place. But God still loved mankind. And you know that verse, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so God, we find the story of the Bible is God creating mankind. Then we find God wanting to reconcile mankind back to him. And then we find at the end of the Bible, eternity, us spending eternity with God. And in the middle of all of that, we find the Jewish people. We find Abraham. You see, God calls Abraham out of, of Ur of the Chaldees. He brings Abraham to what we know as Israel. And he does this because he calls out Abraham because it's through Abraham the Messiah is going to come. God's plan unfolds. So many, many not understanding what the Bible's about. Acts chapter seven just gives a wonderful story. It brings, it brings Abraham, it brings the Jewish people all the way to the Messiah. And that's what Stephen is doing. He gets up and he begins using the law, the Old Testament. He begins to use the Old Testament to show those religious leaders of that day that the Messiah has come and they've rejected the Messiah. But if they turn to the Messiah, they too could have everlasting life. And so God calls Abraham. He makes Abraham a great people, a great nation. And through Abraham's seed, all the world is going to be blessed. You say, how does that happen? Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ is from the seed of Abraham. Jesus Christ came to the earth to die on that cruel cross so that you and I could be blessed with what? Being reconciled back to God. And so we find first, for those that love history, we find chapter number seven is a history of the Jewish people. Secondly, in this passage of scripture, we find this. Look with me in verse number 17 of chapter seven. You with me this morning? We didn't tire you out from all that singing, did we? All right. But when the time of promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. There's something interesting, but when the time of the promise drew nigh, what you think about that? I want you to write this down if you're taking notes this morning. God uses events of today for his plan for the future. Now stay with me here. I want to explain something today. I believe this will help everyone here. God was working in the life of Abraham. But God wasn't just doing something in Abraham. God was doing something for generations after Abraham. God uses events of today for his plans for the future. 
I think one of the most dangerous things a human being can do is just to simply think life is about them and live for the day. Because life is bigger than this. God uses your life, God uses what you're doing, God uses the events of today because he's got a plan for the future. In verse number 17, again, let's look at this. He says, but when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, so this was a promise all the way back to Abraham, he gave to Abraham, but when it came nigh, when it came time to come about, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. Abraham wasn't in Egypt. Abraham was, was, was long dead. His son was long dead. His son's sons were long dead. Joseph is gone. And matter of fact, 400 years now have taken place since Joseph was there in Egypt. But God is going to use the events, the promises that he gave to hundreds of years previously to Abraham. He's going to use those events to, for his plan in centuries or, or, or generations to come. Abraham moves from his homeland. But the reality of this, it wasn't only about Abraham. It was the fact that God wanted to send a Messiah through the, the, the seed of Abraham is why God called Abraham from Ur the Chaldees to, to what we know of Israel today. We find here in this chapter, look with me in verse number six, the Bible says this and in chapter seven, verse six, and God spake on this wise that this, his seed should sojourn in a strange land and that they should bring them into bondage and entreat evil 400 years. Look with me in verse number nine. The Bible says, and the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with them. You know what we find? We find that God telling Abraham something's going to happen. Abraham, I'm gonna move you into Israel. I'm gonna move you into this land that one day I'm gonna give you. But before I do this, there's going to be an event that takes place and, 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 and your seed is going to be in bondage for 400 years in Egypt. And I'm gonna deliver them out. We find Joseph is sold into slavery. You know what I find? That in this passage of Scripture, it's not about necessarily all about Abraham. It's not even all about Joseph. Because God has a plan. We find this in verse number 19, that Moses was to be killed and, 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 and uh, uh, Pharaoh sends out a decree that all of the babies of the Hebrews are gonna be killed as soon as they're born and, and Moses is hid. And you know what I find? That Moses, although God is using Moses, it's not all about Moses because God had a plan to use Moses to deliver Egypt or Israel out of Egypt. Now hear me this morning, please. So often in life, we look at the events of today and we think that's what it's all about. You look at what God is doing in your life and we can't see past that event. Whatever it may be. But I want you to understand something. God has a plan. 
God had a plan to redeem mankind back to him. And so he used the man by the name of Abraham. If Abraham would have only thought about it, the how it dealt with him, it would have been, this isn't fair. I've got to move my entire family out of Ur of the Chaldees into a land that, that he's not even going to give me. Moses could have looked at it and said, this isn't worth the price. Joseph could have said, you know, this isn't, this isn't fair. I, I'm, I'm sold into bondage and, and I'm sold into to, uh, Egypt and, and I'm going to live a life at, where someone lies about me and, and spreads rumors about me and I'm, I'm placed into prison. This isn't fair. I'm not living this life. But God was going to do something through the life of Joseph for generations to come. God was going to do something in the life of Abraham for generations to come. God was going to do something in the life of Moses. And so we find in this passage of Scripture, Moses goes out and he tries to defend Israel. And, and, and a couple of those uh, Jews there, the, the Hebrews, they get on Moses. And Moses has to flee from Egypt. And he goes and he lives for 40 years in the backside of the desert. And Moses could say, this doesn't make any sense. I'm saved from, from being uh, murdered as a child. I'm, I'm, I live in, in, in Pharaoh's house, and, and now I'm going to spend the rest of my life on the backside of the desert doing what? You see, if we just look at the events that are happening through our eyes and only look at today, church, we lose and we miss that God is going to do something in generations to come. Please don't miss this. I don't know if I'm doing a good job communicating that this morning or not. But life is just bigger than us. And sometimes we have a difficult time allowing God to let his plan unfold because of how that plan affects us in the moment. In my own life, there was a little girl that lived in the middle of nowhere in Michigan. I don't even think there was a stop. I don't even think there still is a stop, a stoplight, a red light in her town. Lived on a little corner. Mom and dad didn't attend church. But there was somebody that went to an old country church, just a small country church, and they had a van, and they said, we, we want to pick kids up to go to church that don't, can't get to church any other way. And so week after week after week, they'd pick up Kathy and take her to church week after week and, 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 and take her to church once she became a teenager. Parents not going and parents saying, if you want to go, you can go, but we're not going to go to church at all. And, and she had siblings that, 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 that didn't go, but every single week she'd go to this church. Every single week, every single week, this family would pick her up so she could attend church. She goes off to Bible college and she meets a man by the name of, of Bob and they get married and they serve in the ministry and they have children. And God uses that little girl from a small little town, small, small, like a small little dot on a map in Michigan where, where, where people don't even know where it's at. And God uses that lady to have a son that now pastors this church. 
You know, it could have been my mom could have said, you know what, it's not fair. My parents don't go to church and it's aggravating and, and I get kind of made fun of for going to church and, 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 and I, the, my parents never bring me to church. I've got to be brought by someone else. And, and she could have had all the reasons, all the excuses to, to quit, to, to stop. But, but God had a plan for her. And it's not always about what we're doing in the moment. It's about what God wants to do in the future. Many people in this room have gone through great loss, great, great, great trials. And I want to encourage you this morning, don't look at that loss in a singular event. Realize that God is doing something for the future. He has a plan. I'm just like anyone else in this room. I get discouraged when things don't go the way I'd like them to go. You know, I've got a plan and I... I like things to go well. How many of you like the things to go well in your life? All right? But God is working. Abraham, you have to move. You've got to go to a place that you're not going to, you're, it's not going to be your land and you're going to have to move out of your home and you're going to have to go through some battles and some trials. But Abraham, I've got a plan. I want the whole world to be saved. I, I'm going to send the Messiah and you might never see it in your lifetime, but I'm going to bless all the nations of the earth because of you. Joseph, I've got to fulfill my plan. I, I, I'm going to deliver uh, Israel out of Egypt, and I'm going to give Israel this promised land that flows with milk and honey. And I know, Joseph, that you're never going to see it. I know, Joseph, that you're never going to cross into that boundary and see that land flowing with milk and honey. But, Joseph, I need you to be obedient so that I can do something in generations to come. I know, Moses, it may seem right now that, that things are bad. It might seem like, like your life has no purpose. It might seem like it's unfair. You've got to run and hide from Pharaoh and, and live on the backside of the desert. But Moses, guess what? I'm going to use you to deliver my people from Egypt. You hear me this morning. Parents, God gave you children for his plan. One of the things, the older my kids get, the more I, I just want them to stay home. I want them to all live in my basement. I want them to all eat at my table. I, I, I think that God gave us children. I want to believe this, that God gave us children just so they grow old with us in our home and never leave. And, and, and I wish there was a way to have grandchildren without our kids getting married. And, and whoever they marry mess our, our family up, you know? It's just, it'd be nice if it was just us five and no more. No more dogs, just us five. <laughs> but you know what I realize? God has a plan. God has a plan. My son texted me this morning and said, Dad, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that things go well today. I'd be honest with you, I'd rather just have my son here with us and never to leave, but God has a plan for his life. 
there's a young boy, I talked to him just the other day and I, I said, so what are you doing? He said, I'm, I'm eating, eating dinner. I said, who are you eating dinner with? And he told me his friend's name that he's eating dinner with. And this is the same friend for the last two months. He's been sharing the gospel with and he, he's, he said to me, dad, I know why I'm here. I'm here because I'm to give the gospel to, to everyone I come in contact with. I, I know that I'm here and the purpose why God has me here. And I say this, I don't want you to be gone. But God has a plan. God uses things in our life today for generations to come. God uses events in your life today because he wants to bless and he wants to give to generations to come. And don't get discouraged about the events of life today because they might not work out the way you want them to work out. Don't, 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 don't look and say, I, I don't know if, if this is worth living. I don't know if this is worth doing. I'm so glad Abraham followed the Lord even, even though Abraham wasn't going to at his time and in his life see all God's plan unfold. I'm so glad that Joseph followed the Lord even though Joseph in his life was not gonna see God's plan unfold. I'm so glad that Moses followed the Lord even though Moses was never going to go into the promised land. And I'm so glad that you and I will say, I'm going to follow the Lord, even though we might not see it unfold in our lifetime. Maybe it's going to be our children. Maybe it's going to be our grandchildren. But I do know this, that God has a plan for your life. And God wants to work and he wants us to be obedient. God is using your story to prepare a generation for his plan. Did you get that? God is using your story to prepare a future generation for his plan. And that's why I think that we need to handle life with such wisdom. We can't just fly off the handle and, 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 and get frustrated every time something happens that, that we, we, we don't like. We need to realize, church, that God has a bigger plan and God is willing to use us and we need to let him use us. And who are we to dictate to God what God should do? Who are we to dictate to God how God should behave? Oh, listen to me, if God has allowed it in your life, then God is going to use it for his good. If God is going to allow it in your life, then he is going to use it for his glory. If God is going to allow it, yes, Abraham, this is a difficult thing, but God is going to use your story, Abraham, so that all the nations of the earth will be blessed. Follow God. God is going to use your story, Joseph, to get, Israel, to get Israel into Egypt so that God could miraculously bring them out and show all the world who God is. You see, at that time, Egypt had gods that they worshipped, and, and, and it was thought that the Egyptians' gods were the mighty gods because Egypt was such a mighty nation. I mean, what God did at that time is he showed all the heathen nations of that uh, earth, all the heathen nations of that age, that there's only one God, Jehovah. There's only one God, and that's the God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob. There's only one God. 
God, and he's the God that's gonna destroy all of the gods of, of Egypt. You know, each one of those 10 plagues that we see in Egypt, what that was was God showing Egypt and showing the world. Each one of those plagues was against an Egyptian God, and it was God saying this to the Egyptians and all the heathen worlds, that God with the little G that you worship has no power. The God with the little G that you worship has no name. The God with the little G that you worship has no strength, but there is a God in heaven, the creator of this universe, who sits upon his throne, who uses the earth as his footstool. That God is a mighty God. That God is the one true God. That God is the one worth worshiping. That God is the one worth praising. That God, through the line and lineage of Abraham, is going to send the Messiah, Jesus Christ, so that all the nations of the earth can spend eternity with God. That's why when we get to heaven, every race, every color, every language, every tongue is going to fall at the feet of Jesus and worship him. Why? Because God had a plan. And hear me today, if God can use Abraham, he can use Tom. If God can use Abraham, he can use a Doug. God can use a Joseph, he can use a Jeremy. God can use a Moses, he can use you. Let's not live life selfishly where we think it's just about us for the moment. God has a plan for the future. Every event in your life is being orchestrated by God for a purpose. Don't quit, don't give up, don't walk away. Recognize recognize that God uses the events of today for his plans for the future. You know, church, I hope, I sincerely hope that God uses my children in a greater way than he's ever used their parents. And I want to raise them to live that way. I hope that God uses my grandchildren in such a great way but the reality is this, I've got to live for him today so that my children want to live for God so my grandchildren God can use. I'm done with this, church. Realize this. Our church, too, will have a future. And things that God is doing in our lives of a church today is because God wants to bless this church in the future. Let God use you. Let God work. Let God move. Realizing that God is going to use that so in the future, his plan can unfold. Father, oh God, help us today.